Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, Texas. I would like to welcome you this morning to this liberal religious faith community where you are welcome no matter what your faith background, no matter what your socioeconomic status, no matter what your skin color or sexual orientation or gender identification, or even the harder ones like your musical taste, your political affiliation, or whether you clap in the service or don't like clapping. You're welcome here. I would like to extend a special welcome to those of you who are here for the first time. We would love to welcome you at the coffee hour following the service. I also would like to welcome you who are here and have been here for years. If those of you who have been coming for a while feel that you would like for this to be your religious home, please either speak to me or speak to the friendly, knowledgeable people at the visitor's table and they will tell you how to join this congregation. This is a faith tradition that believes that there is a spark of the divine within every person. And so because of that, we call it greeting the holy in our midst when we turn to our neighbors to the right and left and welcome them here this morning. Let us light our chalice together. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Let us connect to our community and affirm our mission together. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. A meditation for the new year. Now is the time for turning. The leaves are beginning to turn from green to red and orange. The birds are beginning to turn, heading once again toward our south. The animals are turning to store their food for the winter. For leaves, birds, and animals, turning comes instinctively. But for us, turning does not come so easily. It takes an act of will for us to make a turn. It means breaking with old habits. It means admitting that we have been wrong. And this is never easy. It means losing face. It means starting all over again. And this is always painful. It means saying, I am sorry. Some of the most difficult words many of us can ever speak. It means recognizing that we do have the ability to change and to grow, to renew ourselves and our relationships with others. These things are difficult to do. But unless we turn, we will be forever bound by yesterday's mistakes and regrets. On Wednesday evening last week, Rosh Hashanah began, 
the celebration of the birthday of the world. Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. In synagogues all over the world, our Jewish sisters and brothers are reading, read the story from Genesis about how God created the heavens and the earth, and they read other stories also of remembrance and identity. We use times of new beginning to orient ourselves, and this is a time of new beginning where we ask ourselves who we are, are we who we want to be, are we going where we want to be going, are we in a place that we thought we would be in, what can we do differently? This evaluation time also involves asking ourselves, have our good deeds outweighed our bad deeds? What is the purpose of a good life? The Christian scripture says we are created for good works. A catechism I had as a child, some of you all may have memorized the same catechism, said that the purpose of humans was to glorify God and enjoy God forever. We are created to add to the good in the world to spread joy, justice, to build one another up. The Jews take the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur to apologize for wrongs they have done. Yom Kippur is the final day of the days of awe. We in Unitarian Universalism are free to dance with many different religious traditions. And yes, we can pick the ones that suit us, like our families say. You mean you can just pick the ones that suit you? Yes. Yes, we can. And we know that we also need a time of reflection and repentance. And these high holy days are a good time for that. So I want to talk about atonement first. And in order to do that, I need to talk about sin some people swear that it's difficult for Unitarian Universalists to talk about sin. I read on one website that you could go to a UU church for many years without even hearing the word. Our denomination began several hundred years ago in reaction to the Calvinist concepts of original sin. Jonathan Edwards was a typical teacher of this concept back in the 1700s. He preached a sermon about sinners in the hands of an angry God. I was going to call my next CD Singers in the Hands of an Angry God, but I thought nobody would get it but me. <laughs> he preached the sermon about how each of us was like a spider struggling between the thumb and forefinger of God held over the fire, only not dropped into the fire because of God's pleasure at continuing to hold us over the fire. As a militant atheist in one of my congregations said, that kind of God shouldn't be worshipped. That kind of God should be hunted down and killed. And God bless the Unitarian Universalists for having a pulpit where I could say that. 
Original sin teaches that we're all broken from the beginning, that even creation is broken and that we are bent towards sin and predisposed to run from God. But Unitarians and Universalists in the early days taught that it was ridiculous to believe in a God that who would have created us to be sinful and then punished us for it. It goes against the basic belief of Christians, Jews, Unitarians, that God is love, it goes against that belief to believe that God would set up some kind of system where Adam and Eve had the free will to fall and then punish them for falling. And he could forgive you, but he won't. (laughs) Unless you're covered with blood. It just doesn't make any sense. Most Unitarian Universalists believe that humans are born good, and it is our culture or lack of education, opportunity, uh, racism, sexism, or bad examples. We do bad things because of that. I know Unitarian Universalists sin. We may not even talk about it in those terms, but I... I usually say to a group of Unitarian Universalists, if you want to get in touch with your sense of sin as a UU, drive a Chevy Suburban. Um, Throw away a plastic bottle into the trash. Just stand there and throw it in. I'm not going to recycle this. That's your sense of sin right there. I don't believe in original sin. I also don't believe we're born good. I believe we're born some good and some bad, whatever that means. I believe that we're born human. We keep acting out some good, some bad, our whole life long, and sometimes we don't know which is which. Um, People say, how could you believe that babies have a little good and a little bad in them. How, how can you believe those innocent, beautiful babies have any bad? Well, I've had babies. <laughs> and I think you can only be really romantic about babies if you haven't had them or if it's been a really long time. Because they will wake you up every two hours for 14 days in a row and then smile in your face. They'll wake you up when they're not even hungry. They just want to hang out for 20 minutes before they go back to sleep. They'll cry and cry and cry, even if you pray. Even if you pray to them to stop crying. So I think of myself and you all as some good, some bad uh, human. I know we're all going to make mistakes. In fact, that's the, the most popular piece of information to impart during a sermon like this is that the word for sin in Hebrew means uh, missing the mark. Just missing the mark. Same thing in Buddhism, actually, that the world is samsara, suffering. It just means out of joint. There's just this sense in all of us that there's something that sometimes just doesn't quite fit right, and sometimes you're right in the pocket. Does that make sense? I think it's very good for us to 
keep track of the possibility of doing wrong that's in each of us because self-righteousness is the root of all evil. That's just my opinion. So when you start feeling righteous, let a red flag go up because you're about to do something destructive. That's what the karma fairy is all about, I think. She's the name that I gave when I was talking to my sons about what goes around, comes around, about God's teachers. The karma fairy is that one that makes you go, oh, I shouldn't have been so righteous about uh, that young mother that I saw when I was a teenager in McDonald's who was screaming at her children. Um, as you as you are with your children 10 years later in McDonald's with barbecue sauce all over your purse and inside. I shouldn't have been so righteous about that guy in my congregation who ran off with the uh, trapeze artist from the circus. I shouldn't have said, oh, that would never happen to me. Because now I'm in love with the mulch guy. <laughs> Now that you know the, car- the karma fairy concept, you'll recognize her when she gets you. Driving is the worst. Somebody cuts you off and you go, I never would do anything like that. The very next day, that's called instant karma, the very next day, you'll be in a rush and you'll get onto the road and somebody honk their horn and wave at you. Like, that's not the exact wave that they do in New Jersey. <laughs> We miss the mark, and it's good to keep in mind that we will. So what is your spiritual practice when you miss the mark? What do you do? There is a, I was a marriage counselor for 15 years, and there is a no-fair fighting technique called premature apology, where you just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right away. And the other person keeps saying, would you really hurt my feelings? You go, I said I was sorry. It's like, that's no fair. They need to process. So part of your spiritual practice when you do wrong is to say, um, what was that like for you? And then listen. And then say you're sorry. What is your spiritual practice? Do you beat up on yourself? Do you think if you beat up on yourself enough, it makes it Okay. I have a dear friend that says, in America, you can do anything you want as long as you feel guilty afterwards. But sometimes beating up on yourself, it doesn't help anything. You make your apology, you make an amends. If you can, you move on. Beating up yourself just wastes energy, but so many of us do it for years. One important thing to know about Yom Kippur is that the Jews believe that God is not in the the business of forgiving you for something you did to someone else. If you wrong God, you ask God for forgiveness. If you wrong your partner, you ask your partner for forgiveness. If you wrong your child, you ask your child. If you wrong your parent, you ask your parent, etc. You ask forgiveness from the person whom you wronged if you can. Sometimes they're gone and you can't then you just have to forgive yourself. Again, this is just my opinion. It has 
absolutely no bearing on what you all have to believe. That's one of the pieces of good news about this congregation. In Jewish tradition, during the days of awe, if you have broken a vow, or if you have taken a vow that you cannot keep, this is a time when you can ask to be released from that vow. Kol Nidre means all vows. You can go to three people, or you can go to one ordained person in the Jewish tradition, and you can say, I took this vow, I have not been able to keep it, or I am not going to be able to keep it, may I be released from it. I think that is a wonderful thing to be able to address within your religious tradition. Can you be released from a vow, or does it ride you like a night hag for the rest of your life? The days of awe are also about forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, forgiveness, I have so much to say about that. There's a whole other sermon. I'm going to do that next month. But uh, I'll say a little bit about it now. Many people say that if you don't forgive somebody, it's like carrying a hot coal in your own hand. It doesn't hurt them as much as it hurts you. But so many of us hold off on forgiving because, um, well, number one, if we just can't, that's one thing, and I'll talk about that next month. But number two, sometimes if it's something a little bit littler um, that you can't forgive, you're holding on to the resentment because it's so much a part of your inner life, that movie that you play, where the other person realizes how wrong they were. You know this movie? They suddenly, the light dawns on their face and they go, oh. I was so wrong. And, and, if it, and if it's a really good movie, they go, and you were so right. <laughs> I can't understand how I didn't see that until now. And please let me say again, I was so wrong. And you were so right. Let me just leave you with some questions about forgiveness that we'll talk about next month. Number one, do we have to forgive and forget? Number two, is forgiveness a one-time thing or is it an ongoing process? How do you begin to forgive someone else? How do you begin to forgive yourself? Does God, those of you who are non-believers don't have this stress and tension in your lives, does God ever need forgiving? Does God ever do something wrong? The days of awe provide us with a time as our hemisphere turns toward the darkness of winter, as the seasons turn, to turn ourselves in our courses, to recalibrate the people we want to be, the actions we want to define us, the habits of our hearts, the habits of our hearts. Do you have a direction you would like to turn? Now please uh, bow your heads for the benediction. Return again, return again, return to the land of your soul, return again. Return again.
Return to the land of your soul. Return to who you are. Return to what you are. Return to where you are, born and reborn again. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.